Welcome back to the Prehistoric Life Podcast. I am your host, Eric Crawford, and today we're doing an episode on a dinosaur that I am surprised I have not already done. The one, the only, the Jurassic classic, Stegosaurus. So, Stegosaurus, it's got the phagomizer, the big old pointy things on the end of its tail. It's got the plates on its back, they go down its back, it's got the big old bulking body to support its weight it's got the little head it's got a beak it's got very elephant like legs very i don't want to say slim it's not very slim i think of this thing kind of like an elephant if triceratops is a rhinoceros no sauropods would be elephant i feel like these things would be like buffalo i don't know i don't really know what i'm comparing this to modern day um but yeah so let's dive into some measurements so stegosaurus stood about 25 to 30 feet tall weighed about two tons and was about sorry 25 to 30 feet long and it was about nine feet tall and that's from like back of the plate down because as you can probably tell This is flat ground. Its head isn't that far compared to, like, the back plates. Um, Its diet was bushes, ferns, berries, grass. They weren't grasses. Probably fallen leaves, too, whatever you really get its teeth around. I guess it's beak slash molars. Its fossils were found in North America. North America. Mainly in the USA, Colorado, Montana, Oklahoma, Utah, Wyoming. Mostly associated with the Morrison Formation. A little bit in Portugal in the Alcubaca Formation. I probably butchered that. Alcu- Alcubaca. Bacia. Bacua. Formation. Please don't ask me. Um... It lived in forests, plains, jungles, river valleys, prairies, things like that. It's hunted by Allosaurus. It lived in herds of anywhere from possibly 5 to 20-ish maybe. It's got the big old spikes on its back called plates. Spikes on the tail for self-defense called thagomizers. Scientists think that the color of the plate depends on the temperature or possibly to scare off predators. It lived about 150 million years years ago. So, in the Kimmerdergian of the Jurassic to the Tithononian of the Jurassic period, hunted by... Allosaurus, but was not a pushover. Stegosaurus was very dangerous. Don't get me wrong. With the distinctive backplate, Stegosaurus is one of the best represented dinosaurs in popular culture today. Initially thought to just live in the U.S., a partial skeleton discovered in 2006 places Stegosaurus in Portugal. This was significantly increased the known range of this animal and farther reinforce the theory that North America and Europe would have been connected during this time. 
living the life of a low browser in the Jurassic. Stegosaurus seems to have concentrated upon eating soft and leafy veg- vegetation that did not require much effort to chew. Studies have shown that Stegosaurus probably did not have much bite force, but the shape of the teeth would do most of the work for it. Fossilized teeth show exact wear on the sides where they would have been sharpest, meaning the Stegosaurus would have to do it do is bite onto the plant and pull its head back, and the teeth would cut through the soft vegetation. So, like I said, this thing seems to have some kind of beakish type thing, but it also probably had sharpish kind of teeth. So it would bite on vegetation. The sheep, not like this. It'd still be probably rounded, but a little bit sharper. It'd bite into it and rip it and pull it. Because of the affirmation method of eating, Stegosaurus probably relied upon its gut to do the main work in breaking down the plant material for nutrients and may have swallowed stones for use of gastroliths gastroliths to aid this process. So the name Stegosaurus means roof lizard for anybody who didn't know. And that's because of the giant spikes on its back. Um, it was named by Othnell Charles Marsh in 1877 during the Bone War. Um, yeah. Uh, many individuals have been found. Stegosaurus is one of the better represented dinosaurs in fossil records, like I stated. So... It goes without saying, Stegosaurus is most famous for the plates that run along its back. In fact, the name meaning roof livered, 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 what's a livered? Roof lizard is a reference to them. The plates themselves are specific, uh, not specifically, specially developed osteoderms that have no fixed, no fixed joint to the skeleton. When named, the plates were mistakenly placed flat across its back like the title on a roof, hence the name Roof Lizard. Discovery of more complete skeletons later revealed that there were placed uh, where was I? Placed vertically on as opposed to horizontally. So what is what does this mean? So as you look at this thing, you can see they kind of go here. They kind of go out. What they're talking about is they would have been here in the middle where they were going just straight up in a line down the back end would have just been one set of plates, but Stegosaurus has two. However, there are many places placed in single row, which in itself causes problems as the plates would overlap. The third argument was, uh, was of the more familiar double row configuration with the size the plates being arranged in pairs to one another. So they go across in rows like this. There was still a problem with this in that each plate was different in size, meaning that they could not know 
there could be no true pairs as they were all different. This has led to the fourth arrangement, which has been generally accepted since the second half of the 20th century. This arrangement is two rows of plates between the plate between the plates. Some have called this configuration into question. This one seems to be a matching, so it's probably could be wrong. An arrangement of two rows of plates in an alternation configuration, meaning that they were viewed from the side. There, there would be no gap of daylight between the plates. Some have called this configuration into question on the basis that there is no other precedent for uh, arrangement, but that does not mean the current accepted arrangement is wrong. The world of natural history is full of quote-unquote freaks that don't seem to make sense yet continue to thrive regardless of how much sense their adaptations make, uh, make of them. So this one is the latest configuration because as you can see, the plates line up and there's no gap of air for like sunlight. So this is a perfect example. If I take this flashlight, you can see it shine through the plate, but that's just because the plate is, you know, plastic. But if I shine it, You can see it shine through the plate, but that's because the plate is plastic. But if it were like hollow, you can't see the light directly through. If I do it this way, the only light you really see is the part that goes over the plate because this is a big light in a small model. And you don't see it shining through, and that's what they're basically talking about. Uh, another body part that had to be revised is the thagomizer. Early representations had the spikes arranged in upward angles, like this one has. Hang on. <coughs> Bless me. But with further study, they are now accepted to have stuck out to the sides. So more flat like this, kind of like this. It should be like that, but these bend up. It's likely that it was the thagomizer that, has, that was the primary form of defense. Although the plates that ran down the tail would be for a hindrance would be of a hindrance to its flexibility. Stegosaurus would likely be able to pivot on its hind leg legs easily, keeping its tail president, presented to an attacking predator. In fact, remains of Allosaurus have been found that show serious injuries to the tail vertebrate. Yeah, wait, what? Serious injury to the tail vertebrate that, upon examination, appears to have been caused by a thagomizer spike from a stegosaurus. So, talking about allosaurus being hit, funny enough, probably here, 
And that's because the Thagomizer would go up into it and puncture it all the way up into the vertebrate and it would pull it out. And it would leave the Allosaurus damaged and have to lay there and die. The Stegosaurus quickly escaped. The (coughs) The final area of concentration is the cavity in the spinal cord of the hip region. This was once conceived as a nerve cluster, which was then in turn misinterpreted as a second brain. Perhaps it, and so they're talking about up here how they how there's a um hole in the vertebrates, and people think that they used to be a nerve cluster, and then now apparently is being mis- mistaken as a second brain. Perhaps in compensation for the actual brain, which has famously been been described as the size of a walnut. In reality, the second brain theory is impossible in the realms of known science. Thankfully, however, this cavity is not exclusive to Stegosaurus. It also appears in other dinosaurs and more uh, more importantly, modern birds. Study of this body has given rise to the notion that it is a glycogen body. This body allows for the storage of excess glycogen, a, so, could be glycogen, glyco, glycogen, I think I'm pronouncing that right. A molecule, a molecule, wait, that seems really odd that it would be in the, like, vertebrate, though. I would have thought it would be a nerve cluster, too, because doesn't, like, your spinal cord pass through all your vertebrae? I would assume it'd be similar for dinosaurs. So, glycogen is a molecule that is used for energy storage in animal and fungi, while the uh, well, this this does make sense that it would have some kind of storage, but I feel like that would be something in like its stomach, not in its spine. While the priestess method of use in uncertain, this may have acted in a way similar to an adrenaline burst in the fight or fight reflex. Which the release of glycogen, the muscles would be, would get a sudden burst of energy, allowing them to activate movement, perhaps for swinging a thago, uh, this, perhaps for the swinging of the thagomizer to an attack and also, you know that actually does make sense. So what they're saying is right about here, in the vertebrae, there would be a glycogen storage, and. Along comes he's a different Allosaurus. Along comes big bad Allosaurus, rawr, and it's screeching at. Uh, about to say Triceratops, it's Stegosaurus. So it gets startled and it releases the glyso- glycogen into the tail, allowing it to swing and basically hit the Allosaurus, knocking it down, killing it, stabbing it, whatever it needs. 
basically a sudden burst of just strength to just whap and hit the Allosaurus to fend it off. And I guess you wouldn't want that in like because Stegosaurus definitely is not a small creature. This is definitely not a small creature in no way, shape, or form. So having its glycogen stored in like its brain would take so long to get down to its tail that the Allosaurus would have overpowered it, knocked it over, bit it in the stomach, killed it, whatever else, unalived it. But having it that close to the tail, you shoot it straight down, and then it just, whing, just knocks the Allosaurus actually makes sense. That actually does make a lot of sense, though. Because if you had it all the way at the front of its skull, I mean, it would take so long to get to its tail. It would probably be knocked over or found its weak point or something by that time. So it very much so does make sense to have it down by the tail. Because I was saying it doesn't make sense to have it reserved there it because it would be in the vertebrae. But actually it does because it would use whatever signal to quickly launch there. So it would launch a signal here to here. Just boom. And then just straight down and shoot all of the glycogen. Because brain signals function a lot faster than like adrenaline. Like you can make a decision, like a split second decision quicker than you get that adrenaline. So... An animal like this would probably definitely had heightened senses than a human because it was a wild animal would also have that split second boom brain brain function that would say, hey, shoot the glycogen reserve out. Boom. All right. Now we got that adrenaline rush. Let's kill this uh, Allosaurus or whatever is hunting it. So, yeah, it does make sense. Of course, Stegosaurus. Love it. I would love to have a Stegosaurus backplate just somewhere. Don't know where I'd put it, but it would be cool as all heck. I mean, I would love to have one. And I, I personally love Stegosaurus. Stegosaurus is, as Prehistoric Wildlife says, a Jurassic classic. It is the Jurassic classic. So... Let us listen to the sounds of this Jurassic classic. I'm going to start calling that. And yeah, here's the vocalization of a stegosaurus.
don't need to go into Brachiosaurus. I'll do that one on a different note. On different on a different day. I'll redo Brachiosaurus one day. So Stegosaurus sounds a lot like a cow. I I don't really know what I expected. But that is kind of what I expected. I expected Stegosaurus to sound like a cow. Primarily just because it seems like one. A lot more cow-like than... Triceratops is definitely more like a rhinoceros or an elephant. Uh, This is definitely more like a buffalo or a cow of some sort. I don't know. It's, it's just your know, own unique thing. So, I'm your host, Eric Crawford. Remember to check out the website. It's the hub for everything. And as you can see, the last episode was the interview with the Dinomancer. Sky the Dinomancer, followed by the interview with the Hell Creek Hooligans, interview with the Dinosaur Cowboy, and Sergey the Russian Archaeologist. So please go check those out. Those were amazing interviews. I've got some more interviews already lined up for after Thanksgiving, because at the time this is coming out, it's coming out over Thanksgiving. So I've got some interviews set up for that, so I'm excited for those. And from here, you can get to the YouTube where you see all that, so please go check that out. Uh, all my content, I try to upload a little bit earlier on the YouTube channel. Um, speaking of which, whenever I will drop notifications and things in the Instagram about major things going on, about the dinosaurs of the week, uh, about interviews. And if I do interviews, I try to put out when they're going to premiere and I try to promote them. So please go check that out for all that content. Um, and until next time, I'm your host, Eric Crawford, signing off. I will see you all later. And remember, keep it prehistoric. Goodbye. <laughs>